You're listening to World Radio Gardening. Now on World Radio Gardening, we head to Northamptonshire. Ken Crowther has gone to Curtin Manor Gardens and showing us round is Susie Paisley-Tyler. We're in the Goose Goose Park. Park. Now, I can't see a goose, but I can see flamingos and lots of different ducks. Have you you got quite a... Quite a collection there. We have got a fairly... Bantams? Yes, lots of bantams. They're, they're Milfleur barbuducals. Which I'll is take your word for that one. A Belgian breed. <laughs> and um, we, we particularly wanted them because we could let them free range in the garden because they've got these fluffy feet which don't damage, or not too much damage anyway, um, the garden. And the laying hens are kept behind a fence somewhere because they do... They do claw the garden to bits. If they we do let them indeed. Out. Yes. And you got and flamingos, which are rather unusual for a garden, well, aren't they? My father-in-law had twenty flamingos at one point. We're down to four now. Uh, um, who, where but did they've the others been go, here over forty ask? years. Where did the others go? Well, they went to heaven. Fo- yes. Foxes, or do they? No, no. They don't no. don't get eaten. No. Um, I think fox would have a go at them, but he's never had a chance. You don't let him near. No, we're fenced and electric fenced against him. Now, looking around this area, you said it used to have geese in it but it's now got some very attractive trees are some of those ones that you've planted while you've been here because they're some of your favorites yes my mother-in-law had planted some interesting fruit trees so there's the quince the white mulberry and the medlar although i've had to replant the medlar because they're very shallow rooted and it it was further up here and it was right in the past the prevailing wind and one day it just over. over. so i've replanted in a more sheltered position but we've added to that this is a wonderful Marlis, um down here, which is called Robusta Red Siberian, and it's still got the fruit on it from last year, along with the blossom that's on it now. It's and it's very impressive indeed. It's you've so got, beautiful. You've got a birch over there. That's you've a Jacamonti birch, yes. Prunus with the Prunus gorgeous cerula, and and then the quince and. Um, this is a Davidia, which isn't looking terribly happy, unfortunately. I was going to say, um, just going back to the white mulberry, that's actually quite unusual. Not many people grow that yeah. as a large tree, do they? No, it's a much prettier tree than the ordinary mulberry because it's, it's got a much brighter green leaf and um, it's a better shape. You know, the ordinary mulberry is quite a heavy shape but, um, and the fruit's delicious. In spite of it being called a white mulberry, it's actually a black fruit um, but smaller and sweeter. The borders behind that we've got here, I mean, were, were the borders here originally at the, at the top end of this, um, this area, or are they new? Um, no, the, we've done those, really, but there was a fence running right through, because it was the definition of the field, or the edge of the field, and um, a gate, so the birds in the goose park couldn't get into the garden. And um, there were a few shrubs on the, this side of the, on the goose park side of the fence and a little bit of herbaceous planting on the other side but none on this side at all but we, we just added herbaceous plants yeah. that you like yeah. yes. and you're very bold with your planting you've got large areas of each yeah. plant mm-hmm. to give impact haven't yes. you? Yes, yes don't mess around with small plantings you can't in this space, it would look ludicrous it would indeed. Yeah. And looking the other way, looking down, you walk, you look down to the wildflower meadow, but before that, again, a bit more water? Yes, my father-in-law was very clever with water. Um, and so he put these canals in for his birds, really, to drink from. And um, he's just harnessed the water that comes in from that side. There's a pond over that side at a higher level, and he just took it across to join, join up 
and join into it a pond. all goes down to the reservoir. <laughs> How much of wildflower meadow have you? Is that it's quite It's three acres. It's and a walkway big. through, which yep. must be absolutely glorious it in is. the summer. It's wonderful. What are the main flowers that you've got in there? Oh, now you're testing me because that's the part just of the garden that Richard does. Just a few of them. Well, oxide daisies. Yes. Um, I suppose initially we have um, buttercups and oxide daisies. So it's sort of yellows and whites to begin with, and then there are um, sort of purples and blues. A lot of cranes bill, blue cranes bill early on, but then it goes more purple with. Um, I suppose forms of nausea and um, I can't remember because I do the garden plants, I don't do the wildflower. But really it's a, what we're saying here is that it's a garden that you can visit at so many times of the year. Yes, there's always something to see. Yes. We've moved now to the woodland garden at Coton Manor Garden. Uh, we're with Susie Paisley Tyler. Now the woodland garden, we've got um, mainly, well we've got chestnuts, we've got quite a mix, we've got um, we've, beech here. We've got we've a got... huge tulip tree first of all, which oh, is the most important fantastic, one. Fantastic, isn't yeah. it? And then we've got a copper beech and a walnut, and then, yes, you're right, chestnut. horse chestnut, but quite a lot of beech, mainly beech. Now tell us a bit about this garden, because the, the bed behind you has got some really charming plants in it that are absolutely fantastic. Yes, this has got a lot of sort of well, quite a few bulbs, um, but a lot of things that are summer dormant, which are now in April, just coming to the end of their best bit. So there's erythroniums, there's three different types of erythroniums, and um, epimediums, and trilliums, and anemone emerosa, um, veratrum. There are all it's sorts gorgeous of things. They're actually plants that not enough people bother to put in their garden, possibly because they're, they're early flowers. Work. They're early flowers and they're quite hard work and they're summer dormant, so a lot of them. So when you get to the summer, you're looking at um, the sarcococca shrubs, the hydrangeas, the ferns, the iris foetidissima and the epimedium leaves and everything else goes quiet, disappears. So people lose interest, don't they, if they're not well, careful? I, you might not, but people I, in their average garden I think garden the average can. gardener probably can't be bothered. It's quite a lot of work. Mm. It's a lot of weeding and a lot of thug control, you know, things <laughs> try and take bay. over. Yeah. Now, over, then, then we look behind us and there's a huge bed here, isn't yes. there? Now, tell us through some of these plants and why is this bed very different? Um, just because, for variety's sake, to show, you know, the different things that will grow in woodland, because otherwise it would be rather boring if it was all the same. So these are more herbaceous woodlanders, things that will cope under trees, and people don't think they can plant in shade, but you can see there's a choisia right in the deepest part of the shade over Still, there. And it's got flowering, flower, yeah. yeah. Um, there's all sorts of things. This Silene fimbriata just about to come out with white flowers in here. And over here there's a Lamium ovala, which is just an unusual sort of Lamium, not the normal sort of spreading thug. With um, a ni nice flower, lovely flower coming That's through there pretty. as well. The pulmonaries are just finishing, and the hellebores are finished, and then we've got aconitum ivory in the white form here, and then there's aconitum anglicum, the blue... With, which is the taller one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, over there. I mean, growing in really, really dry shade. So it's it's interesting how many things will perform in, in these conditions. And then later You've on... We've got an enemy through here, haven't there's we? There's an enemy for later on, and tricertus, there are groups of them spread through, and there are hardy geraniums that can cope with dry shade. Um... Then there are some shrubs, like the Sambucus Black Beauty, and the Drymus um, Lanceolata, and some, some hydrangea special hydrangeas, here. and the Magnolia. So it's, it's amazing what, what you can grow 
in what most people would regard as hopeless situation. I think. Now, just just on that, you know, up looking through, you've got a, a wild area as well of woodland, and in fact, you keep pigs as well. We've got some special um, uh, Cooney Cooney. They're a New Zealand rare breed type of pig, and they're very entertaining. They and the bantams are the most popular things in the garden with quite a lot of the visitors. <laughs> More popular than the flowers and plants. Well, then. it depends on what your interest is. Yes. <laughs> and then we've got the longhorn cattle out here. Um, that's our gardener with them. We've just got two calves. You can see one was born two days ago, is lying down, and then that one was born two weeks ago. Um, so they're, so they're plenty to see here, yep. isn't there? There's plenty to see but it's the views out of the garden are so lovely. I mean, that, that's such a lovely view. So we're looking out across where the cattle are, where they're, they're held back by the electric fence because the grass is very lush and you yes. can't get them eating too much of that, no. I imagine. Um, and you're looking across, is that a reservoir then beyond? It's, it's a 90-acre reservoir which was put in in the 1890s. Yes, but it's, it's a lovely backdrop to the view out of the garden. Ken Crowther with Susie Pacey-Tyler at Curtin Manor Gardens in Northamptonshire. This is World Radio Gardening.